0: If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Mark. I was, this past week when we were in Lynch, I woke up at like 2 o'clock in the morning and couldn't sleep. And I went and got my Bible, and I started reading. And all of a sudden, I I just got entranced with what I was reading. And I I I couldn't. Stop! I, I started looking at it, and I thought, I've never seen this before. I've, and I've read the Bible through, you know, 30-plus times, but I had never seen that. And when I started looking at that, I thought, I, I got so excited. And so I'm going to share that with you. I'll let you know in the part of the message when all of a sudden I realized something that I'd never seen, okay? So just hang with me until we get there. Well, you can rejoice before we get there, but... Okay. Mark 1, 9 to 11. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, and who... I am well pleased. I thought about, I want you to get that in your mind. I want you to see that when all of a sudden you you long for affirmation and you want to know that, you know, you're in the right place and you're doing the right thing. And Scripture says that when John baptized him the heavens, opened up and I don't know about you but when I read scripture I've always tried to go there and 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 see God gave me an imagination for something folks and and see what they're seeing and try and put my feet in their shoes. And I thought about that and I thought I was just overwhelmed when I, I thought about the clouds rolling back and all of a sudden Jesus hearing a voice you're my beloved son and who I am well pleased that word pleased means that I approve of you I take pleasure in you who wouldn't long for that I mean how many of you crave that to hear God speak over your life I approve of you and I take pleasure in you and when you you read that and then you go down and You look at the next verse and it says immediately at once the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. How many of you have ever found yourself in a wilderness place? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm talking about you look up and you think, how in the world did I get here? You you, you find yourself struggling and you're in a a, a wilderness, the word wilderness literally means a, a, it means lonesome, a deserted desert, a desolate place. And, and, and he, you, you find yourself there and you're thinking, what did I do to deserve this? Anybody ever been there? What did, what, what did I do to wind up here? I don't get this. I remember the first mission trip we were taking to Mexico. And we were so excited. There were 40 people on that trip, and we'd stopped, and we'd eaten, and, we were, and we, we were on the road, and at mile marker 12 outside Texarkana, one of our drivers fell asleep, and he hit a guardrail, and it ripped that van open. I got a phone call saying, Brother Rick, there's, there's one of the vans had wreck, and I thought they were putting me on. I thought I said yeah they said no we're serious and I spun around and went back and I saw that van ripped open in the middle of that highway and we went up and when I went up Debbie's sister Becky was laying in there and she had there was blood trickling from her ear and her eyes were rolled back in her head, and there was someone, I don't know if it was a medic or something had come by there, and they said, this, this woman's not gonna make an ambulance ride, and, and her, her mother is leaned against a guardrail, her leg is broken, another sister's hip is crushed or, or broken, and, and, and it's just all over the place. And as I came up on that, man, I started trembling on the inside. I started shaking, and I could feel myself losing it. You ever been there? You ever been there? I I could feel it all piling up and the pressure piling up. And all of a sudden, I heard God's voice speak to me. And he said, you can fall apart here or you can believe me for a miracle and you need a miracle. So we gathered those people together in the middle of that interstate and started praying. Becky, the one that wasn't supposed to make an ambulance ride, got checked out two hours after they got her to the hospital. She had a clean bill of health. The others, her mom, is her leg's broken. She's gonna have to have a pin in her leg, but she's got an air sprint on and she's saying, I think I can still make this trip. <laughs> Her sister wasn't supposed to be able to walk for, what was it, six weeks? And she was up the next day. They had her up. But I, I'm telling you that sometimes when it builds up and you think, why is this happening? And, and I, I remember praying, going to the hospital and looking out the window. And I said, God, I'm asking you to make the devil pay for what he just tried to do here today. And at this point, we still didn't know the outcome of anybody. And I said, I'm asking you to use me to make him pay. How many of you would like God to use you to make the devil pay? You know what I'm talking about? That he's, he's done so much to try and take you out and destroy you. And, you know, I, I don't want to get carnal, but, you know, when, if you've been in a fight before, you get tired of getting hit all the time, and you'd like to land a punch every now and then. And so sometimes when we're in that wilderness place we feel like we're absorbing all the blows but you need to understand that there's something that's getting ready to happen everybody say it with me something's getting ready to happen so we went on to Mexico you know the whole time I'm thinking man I don't know what the purpose of this was and we almost called the trip off but they those that had been hurt said no don't let this stop you go on You can't let the wilderness stop you you've got to go on when we got to Mexico in the first service and I still got this stuff in the back of my head I I, if I'm honest I was saying to myself God I mean am I even supposed to be doing this I take off and this is the first mission trip I had made to Mexico and this happens am I even supposed to be doing this because the devil will try and get you to question your worth and your purpose And when everybody said no go on and we got in that first service ray and i'll never forget they brought a baby up and that baby was dying of cancer they told them and god healed that baby that night god has a purpose now stay with me here because jesus goes from you're my Beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, I approve of you, and I take pleasure in you. To all of a sudden, he goes from that to immediately, everybody say at once, he's in the wilderness. He's he's in a a, a place, and that, that word wilderness means lonesome. Everybody say lonesome. It didn't say alone. It doesn't mean alone. It means lonesome. And there's a huge difference between you feeling lonesome and you being alone. How many of you know that when you feel alone or when you feel lonesome, that doesn't mean you're alone? Sometimes you feel lonesome and you don't even recognize that God is right there with you, uh, and He's going to make sure that you get through it. And I thought there's, there, there, is, there is purpose in the wilderness. Say that with me. There is purpose in the wilderness. I mean, he, he goes from that moment of... I take pleasure in you. You're my beloved son. And it lasts just a moment. And then he finds himself in that wilderness being drove. The scripture says, drove. That word drove means expelled, it means thrust out. You ever feel like you went from calm to chaos in a moment? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we don't. And we think, well, what's the purpose of that? I, I don't get that, but I'm telling you that there is a purpose in the wilderness. Look at, look at 1 Corinthians 15 and 32. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people of Ephesus, if there be no resurrection from the dead? And there's no resurrection. Let's feast and drink for tomorrow we die. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying there's a purpose for what I'm going through. Paul talks about that he wrestled with wild beasts at Ephesus. I want you to look now at verse 13 in Mark. It says, And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and was with wild beasts. And the angels ministered to him. Hang out here with me for a second. He's tempted. Everybody say tempted. Tempted. The word tempted there means to be tested, scrutinized, enticed. He's, He's thrust into that. By who? By God. The Spirit drove him there. What kind of sense does that make? I mean, how many of you have ever, you know, let me ask you where you'd rather hang out, in a place where God's bragging on you and talking to you about how much he loves you or, or, or over where you're being tested, <laughs> scrutinized and enticed. But I'm telling you that there's a purpose that happens in the wilderness, and that is the purpose. He's being tested. It says when he's tempted, the word temptation literally means to test. Everybody say to test. You see, God wants us to pass the test. Well, here's the truth. The truth is, is that God in the wilderness is trying to get us ready for what he's already got ready for us. How many of you know that you, there's some things you can't learn in a comfortable place? Go ahead. No, 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 stay stay with me here for a second. Because you see, see we, we long for those places where we feel loved and cherished. Ooh. But there is sometimes, buddy, that the where the rubber hits the road. And all of a sudden, you feel jostled around and and your very foundation is being tested. And and you think, well, what good could come out of this? I want you to take a look at James, the first chapter of James, verse 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in, when, oh, count it all joy when the Lord says, I take great pleasure in you count it am i in the right translation count it all joy when you're loved and cherished and people are bragging on you no it said count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience everybody say endurance it says but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing i want to ask a question how many of you when you've been going through something i mean and it's been tough how many of you when that hit raised your hands and said god i want to thank you so much for all this aggravation i'm going through right now thank you for this hardship and this trial it's such a blessing nobody But it said count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Why? Because what you're going through is doing something in you that you don't even recognize. What God is doing in that moment is he's saying I'm equipping you and I'm preparing you for what I've already prepared for you. So when Jesus goes from that place of being talked about by God that the heavens open up and God talks to him about I love you I take great pleasure in you I'm pleased with you he goes from that to being driven thrust by the spirit of God into a place to equip him and prepare him for the work that he's been called for because this is what God's saying I believe in who I made you to be and I'm not gonna let you fall I'm gonna lift you up but I gotta get something inside of you I gotta put some endurance in you. I need to give you a backbone and not a wishbone. I need to get you to a place that when devils stand against you and the wild beasts attack, you're able to say, get behind me, Satan. Do you understand that God has got a plan? Everybody say God's got a plan. Now check this out. Because when you respond the right way, To your immediately it helps others respond to theirs look at verse 12 with me one more time as soon as the heaven opened up and he hears God say you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased right after that verse it says immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness what's going on God's saying I've confirmed my love to you I'm letting you know before you hit that wilderness that I'm with you I'm letting you know before you face the trial I believe in you that I take pleasure in you and that I love you and I want to tell you when you know you're loved you can go through some stuff. <laughs> I said, when you know that someone loves you, and, and it's that, you know, just can I just in the the concept of when you know that someone believes in you. Years ago, I was in, man, I was in the sixth grade. I was just a little kid. In the sixth grade, we had a competition against other schools. And I was, I may only been in the sixth grade, but buddy, I was packed. <laughs> there was a lot packed into me. I was, I, I was a big little guy. <laughs> and and I, I was the anchor man on our tug of war team. And and when we we went, man, they said go. And, and I'm telling you, the guys slipped, and I slipped, and when I slipped, they they drug us across, and I felt so bad because I felt like I let everybody down. And all it took was my teacher coming up to me and he said, Rick, he said, I went to the other school's principal and I told them, he said, if you'll let us pull again, I bet you our team will beat you. No, they'll never beat us. Oh, yeah, they will. He said, if you're not afraid, hook them up. He said, Rick, I know you can do it. Man, I was only in the sixth grade, but that sent something through me, and when we went back out and started again, and they said, pull, man, I started pulling, and I, and, and and folks, I'm telling you there was the grass was slick and and all of a sudden I felt myself slipping and the other guy slipped and I started to go down and I heard and then there were people standing there yelling, "Come on, Rick! Come on, Rick!" I turned around and took my fingers and dug into the ground and started pulling myself back up till I could get on my feet and I pulled and I pulled and I pulled until we had beat the other team and I'm telling you I fell out on the ground I had spent everything I had in that pull why because somebody believed in me do you hear what I'm saying you need to understand today that God believes in you that he loves you that he's got purpose for you and you may feel like you've put everything out on the field and you've got nothing left to give that my friend is we're going to find out that you've been made more than a conqueror through him that loves you uh, that you're greater than that that's in the world greater is he that's in you counted all joy why because he's building something in you that he's going to use everybody say use me God Let me say this one more time. When you respond the right way to your immediately, it helps others respond to theirs. After this wilderness experience happened, what, what was the last verse in that, that, the last part of that where it said that, there were, that Satan was there tempting him and there were wild beasts? What came right after that? What? And angels ministered to him. You remember what I told you? You may feel lonesome, but you're not alone. There were angels of God that were in that place, and you know that word minister means that they tended to him, they took care of him. When he had gone through and he had let the devil have it, when the devil had given him his best shot and he stood up and said, get behind me, when he let him know that he wasn't going to give in and he wasn't going to give up, and he stood the test, those angels showed up and began to minister to him. Hear me, you're not Alone in your wilderness. God has encamped angels around about you to give you what you've got need of. If I can respond the right way to my immediately, to all of a sudden from going to calm to chaos and not throwing my hands up and quitting. From finding out that things aren't working out the way that I thought they would and getting frustrated and walking away. But just trusting God in the middle of it. If I can respond the right way to that, then it's going to help others respond the right way. Say it with me. If I respond the right way to my immediately, it helps others respond to theirs. Look at the scripture in Verse 16 of Mark. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When you respond to your immediately the right way. It helps others respond to theirs. So if your desire is to see your family saved, then when you find yourself immediately in a wilderness, don't fall apart. Don't give up the ship. Don't let them see you sweat. <laughs> Just say, God, I trust you. I don't know why I'm here i don't know the purpose of being here but i know i'm not here alone god's putting something in you for what he's called you to do everybody say that one more time immediately i thought about that that word and this is what got me that morning i was reading I looked at the word immediately, and at once, you know, to, and, and Jesus, the, the, that immediately shows up with him going into the wilderness, immediately going into the wilderness. It showed up before that with immediately or straightway in the King James, but if you look at the New King James, it says, immediately the heavens opened up. So God, before you ever hit your wilderness, at once lets you know he's for you. Before you ever get into it, he lets you know he's going to be there. And then I got to looking at this and Ray, I got so excited. I started reading and I read till 345 that morning. I was going through and I started looking at this and I got excited because the word immediately kept showing up and I I went through and I thought, what is going on here? And it dawned on me that the word immediately showed up in the next 11 chapters. A total of 33 times. And can I tell you that after the first service, Debbie came up to me and she said something to me, and she didn't realize what she was saying to me answered a question I had that night. Because I was reading that and I was looking at that and I saw immediately, 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 33 times in the next 11 chapters. And I got to 12 and and, and it ended, it wasn't in 12. And man, I kept going through and going through. I thought this needs to be the immediately book. And I was thinking, and, and then, and honestly, I stopped and I thought, I don't get it. I really thought, I really thought that I was going to see it in every chapter of the book of Mark. And it stopped and I couldn't figure out the why until Debbie came up to me after the first service and said something to me. She said, you, did you see that? And I said, what are you talking about? 33, 33. She said, that's how old he was when he was resurrected. It's also how old he was when he was crucified. So check this out, it shows up 33 times and it stops showing up because he lets you know, I went into my wilderness when I was 33 and I came out when I was 33. Immediately, there's something powerful about responding to God the right way because then your wilderness stops. Here's something for you to think about. How long is Jesus in the wilderness? 40 days. How long were the children of Israel in the wilderness? 40 years. Could it be that Jesus is trying to show us it doesn't have to last that long? You don't have to spend all that time in the wilderness. If you can get the right attitude uh, when you get in the wilderness, uh, you don't have to stay in the wilderness. Uh, And you need to recognize this, uh, that while you're in the wilderness, uh, he's doing something inside of you. Uh, He's equipping you uh, to take out the enemy. Oh, man, I'm about to get excited. Hey, check this one out. He comes out of the wilderness, right? He comes out of the wilderness... His disciples immediately respond. Look at verses 21 and 22. Then they went into Capernaum and immediately, everybody say immediately, on the Sabbath day, he'd entered into the synagogue and taught, and they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Do you understand that after you come out of your wilderness, there's an authority that comes with you. When you've experienced your wilderness and you've held on to God you don't come out the same way you went in you come out with authority there are some things you can't pick up pampered in a palace just ask Moses Some things you can't get while you're in the lap of luxury. There's sometimes you got to go through a school of hard knocks and get a few lumps on your noggin to get you to realize there's a God that can keep me no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing. He's there. Somebody say, "He's he's there. Now, check this out. So he comes out, and immediately they recognize his authority. But there's something else that they recognize. They recognize His power. Look at verse 32 and 34. At evening when the sun had set, they brought to Him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then He healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And He did not allow the demons to speak because they knew Him. When you... Go through your wilderness. You come out not only in authority, but you come out in power. Paul makes a statement in the New Testament when he writes one of his epistles, and he says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Sometimes we pull that out of context that Paul wrote it, And we use it like we're Superman. I can do all things. That's not what Paul said. If you look prior to that, Paul said, look, I know how to have everything. And I know how it is to have nothing. And he said, and I'm telling you, I can do all things through Christ. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying the wilderness can't take me out because i've got someone that's going to take me through (laughs) oh come on the wilderness can't rob you of power when you know the source of power and you're connected to it somebody say give me some power up in here you ever you know they have lockouts when you're working electric job and i'm not an electrician i found that out when i started fooling with some wires back here they have lockouts everything's supposed to be down everything's supposed to be out Remember, sometimes we keep saying, God, I feel like I'm in the dark. Look for the power source. I did, and I found it. We had a basement when I was a kid. We didn't have a switch on the wall, we didn't even have a pull chain. We had a bulb that you screwed in. I went down there looking for the power source. I found it. Somebody moved a bulb. (laughs) I stuck my thumb in that socket. That went on for a few seconds. And when I fell down, I thought, oh, that's some power. (laughs) You want to find light? It's the source of power. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But what did he do? He left and he said, now ye are the light of the world. What are you saying? Quit trying to run from your wilderness. uh, Run into it. uh, Because immediately after you get on the other side of it, uh, you're going to find some power. You're going to find some authority. And you're going to find some light. Look at, I, I know sometimes we say, but Pastor Rick, I'm afraid I can't make it through the wilderness. I just feel too weak, and I just, anybody ever felt that way? Here's your scripture, First Corinthians 10 and 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is, is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I didn't get to do this in the first service. Will make a way of escape so you can be able to bear it. Let's look at Jesus in the wilderness. If you're the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Did you get that? With every temptation, he will make the way of escape. The way of escape is the word. The way of escape is standing on the word. So the devil takes him and he says, Look, he said, if you're the son of God, he said, jump off of this mountain because he's commanded his angels. It's written, he's commanded his angels that they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against stone. He looked at me and said, it's also written, you're not going to tempt the Lord thy God. What's he saying? Don't try and twist scripture on me. Don't try and play the word of God on me. I know him whom I've trusted and whom I believed. I'm standing on a solid rock. I've had people try and play scripture tag with me all my life. But hear me, when you get the Word of God in you, it'll come through you with authority and with power. Don't try and back up. Don't try and give in. Just stand on the promise of the Word. I had a guy trying to talk me out of being filled with the Holy Spirit. He said You know, he said, that's not for us today. I was just a young guy. He said, that's not for us today. He said, that was for back then. I looked at him, I smiled real big. I said, there's something I probably ought to tell you. He said, what's that? I said, I'm not talking to you about something I heard about. I'm talking to you about something I've experienced. I said, I got it, friend. I got it. And I said, you can have it. (laughs) He looked at me and I said, I want to ask you a question. I said, do you want everything that God has for you? That wasn't bad for an 18-year-old boy. (laughs) And he said, he said, well, yeah, he said, but before I could get what you're talking about, a lot of things would have to change about the way I believe. I looked at him, I said, brother, God can do anything. When you get your noggin out of the way, When you get your thinking out of the way and start saying, here I am, God. Use me. Have your way in my life. The word of God is going to come alive in you. And here we go. The big one, right? Takes him up to a high pinnacle. Shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, all this I'll give you if you'll but bow down and worship me. And he said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. I'm not going to give in to your desires. I'm not giving you my relationship. I'm holding on to God. I, w- I-, I want to share something with you, and I want you to get this, and I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. If our pursuit of God is only about what it can bring us instead of what we bring to him, then we're going to mess up. Years ago, years ago, probably 20 years ago, I had a church come and ask me to pastor. 20 years ago, they offered me more money than I make now. 20 years ago, they offered me a brand new home and they offered me a brand new car and they said, you'll never want for anything. I looked at them and I said, you don't understand. I said, that's not who I am. I said, you'd be miserable and I'd be miserable. I said, I can't do something that I'm not called to do. But then 10 years ago or nine years ago, God spoke to me when I was here. And it was completely different because now I knew this is how I'm supposed to respond. It's not about what it brings to you. It's about what God wants to do in you and what he wants to do through you. The scripture said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? And I'm telling you that if God spoke to me tomorrow and said, your time is over here. Now, I'm not expecting that. But I'd have to go. Because I've spent my life telling him, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. And then sometimes there's some wilderness places in there, right? But, yeah, you end up bewildered. You ever go into a wilderness and you're bewildered? You're thinking, man, what in the world am I doing in here? This is so confusing. Have have you ever been to that place where you felt like, I don't get this? Wave your hand at me. I don't want to be the only cowboy on the rodeo. I don't get it, God. You don't have to get it. All you have to do is trust him. And when you trust him, he's going to show himself not only real to you, but he's going to show himself real through you. Would you stand with me today? Hebrews 2 and 18. I don't know if you've ever said, God, do you even know what I'm going through? Do you? Hebrews 2 and 18, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. What's he saying? He said, I've been where you've been, and I got you back. <laughs> You're not alone. Not going to let the devil have you. Not going to let the devil take you out. But this is one thing I've learned. We talked about it just a moment ago my attitude in the wilderness is going to determine how long I stay there. 40 days or 40 years. When you study scripture you find out that they could have been through the wilderness and in the promised land a lot quicker. A lot quicker. They ended ended up there 40 years because of their attitude if you've ever had children you're going to understand what I say when your children approach you and they got a rotten attitude you start doing what you start taking away things No, you, I'm not, you can't have this until you get the right attitude give me that Nintendo I didn't have a Nintendo when I was a kid don't gripe to me about having yours taken away Take away the iPhone. (laughs) We didn't have, that iPhone ought to be called a me phone. (laughs) We didn't have that, man. We had a black phone that was on a line and you couldn't get out of room talk to anybody. (laughs) You sure couldn't sit on it and search through and start, oh, look, here's a game. My my three-year-old granddaughter, she did this when she's two. She took my iPhone, playing a game on it. I thought, how does this kid even know there's a game on my phone? I didn't know there was a game on my phone. Debbie put that game on my phone. She had my phone playing a game on that phone and somebody is trying to message me. You know how that comes up at the top of your screen? My little two-year-old's playing that game and that message pops up and she took her finger and she goes, I thought, what just happened? I didn't even know you could do that. I did not know you could do that. We've been inundated with so much stuff that when we find ourselves in the wilderness, it's hard for us to be able to settle down without distraction and all of a sudden begin to seek the face of God. Do you understand that the wilderness wasn't just about the devil coming out and attacking? It was about Jesus hearing from God. Some of the times I've heard from God the clearest has been when I've been in a lonesome place, a desert place. I want to leave us with this today. Why did he go through that? He went through it to get ready. Wherever you're at in your walk today, you need to hear what I'm saying. God is trying to get you ready. There's not a person in this room today that God doesn't have a plan for your life. You may be running from it. You may not understand it. I didn't understand. I tell people all the time, I said, I've stumbled into the will of God more than I ever knew it. What are you talking about i'm telling you that all of a sudden i get these i get these unctions you know what i mean it's like a heavenly nudge and not a word saying okay rick this is what your plan for the next 30 days of your life these nudges and i i'd follow after the nudge and i'd say god if this isn't you stop me i I've got to go after him, feel after him. He said, I'm not far from you. Lonesome, desolate, deserted, but he wasn't alone. Angels were there to meet his need when he needed it most. God has encamped around about you, angels. Now, folks, you might as well buckle your seatbelt and get ready because we're getting ready to go on the ride of our life. You know, for the last several weeks, I've been telling you, get your focus right, get your focus right, get your focus. I'm telling you, this last trip, this trip we just made to Lynch, there was some stuff happened. There was stuff that happened not just in ministering to us, ministering to them, but there was stuff that was happening to the people that went on that trip. I had folks coming up to me and telling me, man, I feel God doing something in me. You better get ready for it because you don't have to be in lynch for it to happen. He he will arrest you on your lunch break. He'll show up when you're trying to have Folgers. (laughs) He's going to get a hold of you. And when he gets a hold of you, don't fight him. Say, okay, God, here I am, here I am. Run down here just a minute, honey, hurry. Give me, give me some revival music. Come down here. Come this way, baby, this way. When he, when he, do you notice that? I'm, I'm trying to get her attention. She keeps looking back that way. No, I'm not here. Okay. It's the same way with us in God. God's trying to get our attention, and we keep, well, wait a minute now. I got something happening over here. I got something happening over here. But you know what happens when all of a sudden I just arrest her? You're all dismissed. In that moment, it's just you and him and nothing else matters. Are you ready? (laughs) Say it with me. There's a purpose in the wilderness and I'm finding it. (laughs) If you're in this place and you feel like, Pastor, I've been in the wilderness for a while and I'm ready. I'm ready to move out. I want you to come forward right now. Very quickly, just very quickly. Move up, move up, move up, move up. You say, well, how how long do I have to stay here? It depends on you. Depends on you. Depends on if I'm willing to learn the lesson that the wilderness brings me. And the lessons of the wilderness are not always easy lessons. Sometimes they're very difficult lessons. Because, man, when you're alone, let me rephrase that. When you feel lonesome, It'll cause you to respond in a way you don't respond when you feel Him with you. I've had times in my life where all of a sudden I, I would feel so lonesome. Not because my family didn't love me, not because they weren't around me, but because I was God was trying to do something in me and I, I, I couldn't get it. I went three months as an evangelist feeling empty hear me feeling empty on the inside I'd get up in a meeting and God would show up and God would all of a sudden it it would be like it would it would hit me and it would flow through me and then right after that meeting was over I went back to that desolate feeling And I got to pray and I said, God, I don't get this. What's going on? What's going on? I had people that that knew me, that noticed it and started praying for me. And at the end of the wilderness, when I came out, I learned the lesson. God told me, he said, I needed you to understand that I am not just with you when you feel like everything is going great. But I am in the midst of you when you feel like I'm a hundred miles away. That was what he was doing in those revivals. People were being blessed. I wanted to grab people up off the floor. I couldn't feel it. God is a God that's bigger than your situation. That's bigger than your circumstance. That's bigger than what you're facing. And he's saying, Stick to it. Hang on to me. I'm going to bring you out. And when you come out, you're coming out different than when you went in. Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now and say, God, I'm ready. Would you just, just hang out here with me for a moment? Father, have your way, God. I know that we are standing at the threshold of something. And I don't know what it is yet, God. I feel it. I sense it. I feel the nudge. I hear the whisper. And you're calling us all to it. So today, prepare us for what you've already prepared for us. Get us ready for what you already have ready for us. I surrender to you and I'm not going to fight the wilderness. I'm going to become empowered in it. In Jesus' name, I give you praise for it right now. Just raise your hands to heaven with me right now. This is what I want to do. If you'll let me do this today, look, if you've got to go, I understand that. But so many times we get into a service and we get so quick to go out. When we were in Lynch this past week, Man, I felt the presence of God moving and, and I saw him and I felt I felt people just kind of tighten up a little bit I, I don't want you to get tight when God starts to move I want you to be able to recognize that God is God and if you're looking for a God that you can control what you're really looking for is a golden calf so sometimes we need to just say here I am God would you say that with me here I am God all I'm going to do is come by And lay hands on you I'm coming into agreement with what you're asking God for I need some people to stay with I'm going to come into agreement with what you're asking God for now I want you to hear what I'm gonna tell you when I got to that place in my life that I made up my mind I was going after God with everything I have I lost some friends because there were some friends that didn't only not want me to make the trip. I mean, they, did not, they didn't want to make the trip with me. They didn't want me to make the trip either. But I had my mind made up. And when I got my mind made up, Ray, God started doing stuff in me. And man, I, didn't, I wasn't used to it. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure it all out. But what I did was I started recognizing there's a flow that you can get into. With the presence of God and the Spirit of God, where you don't find yourself fighting against it, but you find yourself enveloped in it. Donna, there have been times that you felt that flow when you were praying. That all of a sudden, you, it was like that, that you moved from just praying a prayer to you were there. But I want you to hear what I'm going to tell you because I hear God saying, Tell her that that same flow that she's experienced in her prayer, now she's going to start to experience in public places. That I'm going to apprehend. God. Stretch your hands to heaven with me. I know what it's like to get up in a building and all of a sudden feel this pressure and people, that they, it's like they don't want you to move in the presence of God. And I made up my mind, I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving. If nobody else goes, I'm going. <laughs> Somebody say it with me, I'm going. Stretch those hands to heaven with me. Come and stay with me, guys. Take a step toward me. I I want you to raise your hands. Look at me just a second. I want you to give your mind a break. You you try and figure too much stuff out. Am I telling you the truth? Now look, we haven't talked about this. But your mind is a racetrack. It's like, man, it's like you're trying to figure every variable to every situation. And God is saying, I need you to relax I want you to rest in me and know that I've got a plan for you. You don't have to make anything happen. It's just going to come together. It's I give you praise. Thanks. Paul right. Your name is me. You really didn't know what you got into. <laughs> But the truth is, is both of you, there's been a hunger in your heart, and and, you, and, and when you first stepped in here, you're trying to, you were trying to figure some stuff out, and it was like, finally, like today, it's like, you know what, I don't need to figure anything out. I, I, just, I just want him, I just want him. Are you ready? Church, would you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now? Paul, there's been desire in your heart for years and, and you saw something recently in your family that really kind of took you by surprise. And that's just the beginning. All right. As you just raise your hands now. Are you ready? Somebody say it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh God. Your journey. I, I'm going I'm just gonna tell you what I see, man. I, I it, it's like a road that looks like a roller coaster. And and it's there's been so much up and down and, and there's something else that the word immediately means. And I didn't bring out today That you can look at it in scripture It means straight Level <laughs> God's getting ready to level some things out for you
1: Lift
2: up your voice and sing for joy Clap your hands, make a joyful noise no, your for the victory the weapons we use are not bombs and guns worship is the way the battle is a won this is the way
0: can I say this? Sometimes when you get on a ride, you're apprehensive and you kind of will tighten up a little bit until the ride starts and then it takes your breath away. You've been through so much. God wants you to understand what it's like to have your breath taken away by the presence of God, by the Spirit of God. So just relax in His arms and enjoy your journey. God, I give you praise for it. Raise your hands to heaven. me. Look at me. Count it all joy. Say joy. Say it again, joy. Go ahead and smile one time. Say, Pastor, I got nothing to smile Oh, yes, you do. Smile real big. You know, you look better when you smile, man. You look great when you smile. Lights up your face. Lights up everything around you. I want you to remember that because sometimes you just need to smile your way through it. You, nah. Come on, stretch those hands to heaven right now. right? Oh. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful
2: noise. Oh, your trumpets and shout. Use are not Worship is the. sing for joy
0: speak over you. Father, I thank you, God, for everyone in this building. Thank you, God, that we're not alone. Father, you're equipping us and bringing us out immediately with authority and with power, God, to do what you've prepared for us. And I pray for each family, each home, that they experience revival breakout in it. Supply each need, God, and let us follow after you with a burning desire that nothing can quench. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great day.